Good evening, fellas. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Where's the intro music? Wow, 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 wow. We didn't sell oh. on anything. Oh, that's good. That, can we go with that? Can we use that? I mean, Wait, I, I came up with a rhyme and y'all ignored me. Go. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, I should have. We should have put it in the AI music generator that you sent to us. Yeah. It was like uh, the biggest yeah, brain. I was going to have the fake Katy Perry sing the best brains you ever, ever will find. We're the aspiring minds or something like that. That's good. I like that. Okay, yeah. maybe next week. Maybe by next week we will finally have something. I did. I think I did something to the happy birthday thing. It was terrible. You can't understand. The problem with a lot oh, of yeah. these, from what I could tell, is it's very difficult. What we're talking about is like these music generating things where it's basically spe- uh, text to song, right? Like text to speech, but text to music. So you can yeah. type in like a prompt. The prompt is the lyrics you want the horrible AI to, to generate uh, something sounding like the human voice singing. But it's very difficult to make out what they're actually saying so it wasn't particularly funny i'm hoping yeah. that improves maybe between now and next week yeah <laughs> so the original I mean, it is getting dramatically better like constantly yeah. so that's it is. yeah good the original good, well good for that <laughs> the original theme music for this show for anybody who's actually like stuck around and listened to this uh after any of it uh was like i think it was done with an ai uh music generator that was prompted with supreme court barbecue is that right jake yes yeah Yeah. and so that gave us the monstrosity that we had for the first few i don't know 20 episodes maybe and then we just kind of stopped doing it uh because it is um unappealing unappealing is that right yeah nobody needs music that's the secret thing about podcasts is that intro music the youtubers have discovered this i don't know if you've noticed this but youtubers have stopped using their intro vi- intros like they'll create like a nice mm. 3d animated mm. intro with like a music stinger and they've stopped using it because people just skip it they they clicked they oh, know right. what they're watching yeah. uh so pe- they've stopped using it so you don't actually need any of that that's what is true. that called? Skewmorphism, where like basically what you have is YouTubers are emulating what it was like to be on television because that's all they know. Yeah. And so they're ba- mm. everybody, you know, it's sort of like the the early version. I don't know if you remember the first version of the notes app in um, iOS, or then iPhone OS, I think it was called at that but point. But it was like a yellow legal pad with yeah. a with a leather desk mat or something yeah. like exactly. that. Yeah. Yeah. It made no sense. It was attempting to sort of like make an, an analogy to the physical desktop or the physical, you know, notepad or whatever. But on top of it, when you wrote words, it didn't stay on the lines. It just yeah. ignored the yeah. lines as though it was like a background on a bad bad web page yeah. in like nineteen ninety six. Here's but the thing, anyway. Though. Everything about a computer is skeuomorphism. Every, yeah, not it hasn't no. always been, but everything about a computer these days, if with a graphical user interface, is skeuomorphism. The desktop is a is a skeuomorphic version of your desktop, literally the top of your desk that your computer right. is sitting on. Your computer is organized into folders and files, like you would have in a filing cabinet. So, right, I don't know. Even how though, much of that is biological, because we are pattern seeking individ, we have pattern seeking brains. That have been mm. trained on patterns through evolution through hundreds of thousands of years to seek the same types of patterns. This is now a so, philosophy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> or, or is it biological determinism podcast? Yeah. Okay. Uh, or whatever that might be called. So are we uh, born to is it put our be files a funny into bit? folders? Or? Is it going to be a funny bit if every time somebody is saying something that I want to change the subject on, I just mimic our old theme music? <laughs> do you know let's hear how well you mimic that old theme music we're, uh, we're gonna get, we, we're we haven't set our track. names yet by the way no Just, we but, gotta remember to do well that. let's do the theme music from 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 jason and then we'll do our names 
I'm sorry. I'm too sickly to do theme music. Oh, I have a sure. Okay. Non-COVID uh, respiratory infection. Just sure. wait. I'll bust it out at a time when I'm not feeling <laughs> chest jittery. Yeah. So, okay. who are you, dear Me? host? Yeah. Okay. You. So, well, we are all Esquiring Minds. This is the episode, episode 27 for October 26, 2023. And I'm Andrew Leahy, a tax and technology attorney from New Jersey. Uh, it's just three lawyer friends goofing around for our own enjoyment. Nothing we say is legal advice because we're not qualified to give advice on most of the things we talk about. I'm joined as always by, I'm going to go with the healthy one this time, Jake. He's oh, in, am I uh, the healthy one? Okay. You're the healthy one, yeah. Uh, I think you were sick bram, last week. Bram, bram, oh, yeah. I think that was how it went. No, you had the not even last close. Week, right? Not even close? No. Not even close. Oh, no. That was like a Supreme Court, like uh, all-you-can-eat buffet. Or okay. yakety, it was closer to yakety sacks. Okay. Uh, I will say there was a, like, when I listened to Mabim Bam, which Andrew and I both listened to. I don't know if you ever listened to that, Jason. My brother, um, my brother and me? My brother, my brother and me. Um, Like, they had a, they still do. Actually, I like their, both of their theme musics, but they had theme Fantastic. Musics. Yeah. And I, like, you know, it was once a week. It was a fun thing, a fun ritual to hear that theme music. So if you're going to, the lesson I take from that is, if you're going to have theme music, make it good so that people are excited to hear it. Yeah. Um, by the way, I, I'm an attorney, uh, land use and construction. <laughs> and a musician. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I am Jason Ramesland. I sue people's bad bosses. I do that mainly in Indiana. Occasionally, I venture out in other places. Uh, but you can find me at suemybadboss.com. You had a you few also- year venture out. You had a, year, a, a venture out uh, dalliance of a few years in Georgia. Yeah. 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 You're I'm wearing a Georgia there. shirt right now. I am. This is an audio have, format that's not helpful for our listeners, but I just wanted to sort of, you know, theater of the mind, let them let them know what, hey, what they would you know be what? seeing if they could see you. It, be, it becomes a visual format when you describe what you're seeing. Yes, I am wearing a Georgia Bulldogs t-shirt because there's nobody in Indiana who's any good at football. Yes, I'm including Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. The most perennially overrated football team in college Look, football for the past. I get it. Since I was born, they've yeah. been overrated. It's crazy. There Notre Dame times. is in Indiana? Yeah. It's in yeah. South Bend, Indiana. How did she I not, did know, not that? know that? I thought this it was in like, like North when Dakota. F- no. This is like when I forget uh, where like Drexel. Oh, wait. I should remember Drexel Thanks now, right? Thanks a lot. Uh, it's when I forget. <laughs> yeah, it's when I forget. Like oh, that. wow. Because you're a professor <laughs> Wow. Notre, that's Notre the Dame. name you pulled out. Right. No. <laughs> Just let me think no. of something at random. I saw it's you look I, around the room <laughs> trying to come up with something. Like Drexel. Yeah. I don't know where that is. No. Drexel professor. It's like how I forget where Gonzaga is. I know it's in California. I think it's in California. Gonzaga's in Washington. Oh, I have gosh. no idea where okay. that is. See, here yeah. we go. I forget where all these places are because they don't have like a geographic You're, association with their name. You're confusing. You need all colleges to be like University of and then the state name, right? That's what you're you're yeah. advocating for. So yeah, a little, yeah, okay. yeah. All right. Yeah, my favorite state is Ball State. Actually, I love Ball. Sure, uh, the yeah. Cardinals. I love Morgan, the state of Morgan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. Kent, right? Some of my favorite states. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Oh, I see. What you're, I see the joke coming uh, for. Yes. Okay. It doesn't yeah. make any sense why they say state. It's sort of like a lot of times hospitals will be called like just Memorial Hospital. Memorial to what? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You well, lost the I name. I used to be like I used to think it was such a clever joke when I was like a teenager. Like, oh yeah, what state? Oh, I've never heard of that state. And I was like, oh, there's a state college is a thing that means publicly funded. Oh, I under it's a category. Mm. Uh, yeah. Did anyway. you know there was a town in Pennsylvania <laughs> called State College, Pennsylvania? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. What yeah, do you think they is stole, there? They stole my college. They stole my coach. They stole James Franklin from Vanderbilt. 
Uh, Vanderbilt had three good football years, and they were the three years that James Franklin was there. And now he and he went to Penn State. Uh, yeah, understandably. Mm-hmm. I was honestly, I was sad but not mad that he left because I was like, man, this makes perfect sense. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it sucks. We just had uh, that with Purdue too, where uh, Jeff Brom, who like didn't make Purdue especially good, but you know they had a couple of good years, and now they suck again because Jeff Brom went to Louisville. Didn't uh, Purdue just get accredited to do an online only law school? I don't know. I hope not. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, oh. it's, they're trying to make a go of it. It's a terrible idea. Yeah. Uh, speaking of theater of the mind hmm. and hearkening back to one of our most successful episodes, I've started creating a uh, a D&D campaign with some friends. I'm, I'm going to run this one, which is something I've never done, but it's a lot of fun, like generating like a working from the basics. And also I'm using, I'm, I paid wizards of the coast for this. I'm a terrible, terrible activist. I paid them the money for their, for their books. Um, so your boycott uh, ended after like 13 episodes and, and four months or whatever it was. Yeah, really, I I wasn't, I was never boycotting, but yeah, I was, I was angry on the behalf of other people. Uh, but then I was like, uh, actually, but then Baldur's Gate came out and I was like, oh, this is training me. So. Oh, okay. um, so it sort of like got you uh, wet your feet back into the the original recipe. Yeah, it got me. Uh, well, it, it trained me on the extremely complex rule set I didn't understand, and oh, okay. so over a hundred something hours of playing that game. Holy uh, moly! Hasn't it only been out for like a month and a half or something? Oh, uh, it's been out since September 9th or something. Oh, okay, that's reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Have you yeah. been playing the new Is it Mario? reasonable? It doesn't have to be reasonable. That's okay. <laughs> no, it's probably not. But I mean, what, what you do with your time is your own business. Yeah. <laughs> How do you... So is your is your D&D group uh, a group of players that are, were already playing and you are joining them? Or like, are you the most uh, oh. prepared? I am not the everyone? most experienced at experienced. all. Experienced. Thank you. That's the word I was no, trying to find. But running, running a campaign takes a long time. Right. And so you got to like commit to it. And mm-hmm. I wanted to do it for some reason, which is stupid. But uh, yeah, there aren't I'm enough demands on your time already, right? So no. you should yeah. just take up another. Yep. Yeah, because yeah. lawyers for too much stuff is my is my jam. Yeah. Lawyers famously have nothing but time on their hands. Yeah, I volunteered to do this podcast for some reason. I don't know. Huh. Wasn't it your idea? I think it was your idea. Yeah, I actually, I don't idea. know. I don't know if you volunteered. <laughs> I think we volunteered or we got roped in or something. But I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, I well, I I was like, we've been talking a lot. And I was just like, you know, should we just do a podcast? And it was like, yeah. Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> I'm yeah. not the first one to make this joke on this podcast, but uh, three white guys who are friends, but o- over a long distance, like what else would you do but have a podcast? Yeah. I think it's what you call three white guys in a group, like a murder of crows or a podcast of white men. It's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's yeah. how you refer to them as a group. It's outstanding. Pod. Outstanding. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Like, like whales, but different. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Like whales. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you want to talk about some topics? Some mini topics, yeah, some major sure. topics. The mini topics. Let's the talk first about D and D. Well, I mean, we got to talk about sports at some point because we have to lament the state right. of baseball, and I'm sure you guys have thoughts on lament. football. But you, we usually do that at the end of the the, the show. So yeah. baseball has never been better. Let's do let's do law topics, and then we can talk okay. about you okay. know, stuff that we actually care about. Sounds good. So uh, <laughs> logic games gone from the LSAT. What do we think? 
All right, I guess I should introduce it better for people who don't know. So yeah. the LSAT is the test you need to take to go into to get to law school. You used to have to take it. My understanding is that you don't necessarily yeah, have to yeah, take there it anymore. Yeah, yeah, a lot of schools don't require it anymore. You can take the right. GRE. You have like I think they have there has to be some sort of standardized test that you take. Like, I don't think any law school can just say we'll accept anyone with a decent GPA. They could right. have to take something. But my understanding is it's at least the GRE and it might also be the GMAT, the uh the business school, the MBA hmm. exam hmm. for some schools is, is acceptable. But um uh, to the extent the LSAT is still the test people are taking, uh, you they're dropping the logic games section from it, which when I, I'm sure it was the same when you guys took it, there were two LR sections, which are like logical reasoning yeah. sections. Sure. And then there was one uh, logic game section, LG, mm-hmm. and then there was a reading comprehension section. And then there was some sort of experimental right. section, which I right. didn't know. Um, the yeah. only way you would know what it was, was I guess you would never know what the experimental section was until afterwards. Right. You'd get the third LR and you go, mm-hmm. oh, well, yeah, that, exactly. You get yeah. the last section and it's like, you know, well, for me, right. uh, I knew I got th- this is going to play into my reaction to this, to the dropping of the logic games. But I got uh, my experimental section was logic games. Right. And the thing is, you know, that the lo- the experimental uh, experimental section is never first or last. So, right. I right. had a logic game section as my second section. And I got minus zero. I was like, I I know all these. I've right. got them. I've got them figured out. And th- that was the thing about logic games is that it was such weird reasoning. It was like, it's 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 the puzzles where it's like this person can't sit next to this person, right. but this person can sit only next to Bob and you know that right. kind of there stuff. There are ten seats. Mary will never yeah. sit on the fa- on the on either of the ends, and she won't sit next to yeah. anyone who's wearing a hat. Bob's wearing a hat, and he's sitting yeah. right that kind of whole thing. Yeah. The yeah. chicken and, and the fox it's, it's taking solvable. the road across it's, the water. Right. Yeah, the funny thing is, so reading comprehension and logical reasoning are never like, you're never 100%, right? Or like you you can be, you can be like, oh yeah, that's the right answer. But like logic games, you can be like, yes, this is 100% the answer and be fully confident in your answer and not worried about, about oh, it. Oh, I disagree. Um, so my, my experience is it was the exact opposite. There's... Something okay. after for my I stu- after I studied for the LSAT, LR at for whatever reason I cannot explain this um, <laughs> developed a certain sort of cadence to, for me that I huh. would know uh, at least two of the three of the four answers were absolutely incorrect, but I couldn't put to words right. why. Right. Yeah. And right. then I, I really couldn't like if you ask me, well, why is yeah. that incorrect? Because I did some tutoring for LSAT too, and I, I tried to teach. They people just feel and I, wrong. I, they just I feel. couldn't write. Well, it can't be that because come on, it's not a. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, and move on to B. So LR, I was uh, the ultimately when I took the the LSAT, I didn't get anything wrong in any of the LR sections. I didn't get anything wrong in any of the reading comprehension sections, and I don't think I got anything right in the logic games. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got them all wrong. I think I 100% That's of them wrong. Meanwhile, everybody always tells you uh, logic I, games are the most learnable thing, which was yeah. just like drove me insane. Because if it's the most learnable, why can't I learn it? But sorry, that's, the way you felt about LG, that's how I felt about LR. That's funny because, like, yeah, I I follow that main the the main line of thinking of it's the most learnable because I started out not knowing, not getting any of the logic games right. But right. then the when I took the LSAT, I had my second section was logic games. And I aced it. I knew I aced it. I knew I got minus zero because I had learned it. I had successfully learned it. Uh, and then I turned to the fifth section and it's logic games again. And I'm like, God dang it. Oh, that means my minus zero was useless to me. I'm not getting scored on that. 
And right. wouldn't you know it, that was my worst section because I misread a prompt and I didn't have time to go back and fix everything. Wow. The, ulti- the final section was your worst? The final section yeah. was my worst section, the logic, the second logic game section. Gotcha. Um, not, yeah. Uh, but that's that plays into my overall thought on it, which is like, I don't know. I, I, if you would ask me about logic games before I took it, about why it was useful at all, um, I would have said logic games doesn't make any sense. Why, when are you ever going to use this? This is such so strange. Like I wouldn't have thought. I will say having as a, uh, I think that it probably is a good section. I th- I think that they should have kept it because I think the test of of whether or not it's so hard to test legal reasoning. Um, and yeah. I think that the strongest test for legal reasoning, I've told this to all the, to a bunch of kids that I interviewed to who are interested in going to Vandy is your ability to play collectible card games because in these it, like magic, the gathering right. and, and uh, Pokemon and Hearthstone and that kind of thing, because these collectible card games are, here's a word. We're going to give you the simplest possible uh, explanation of what this word means. And the word is like haste or something like that. Charge. Right. And then you have to figure out how it interacts with all these other rules oh, okay. and then apply that to a bunch of numbers. And that. so that is very similar. That is to me, the most similar thing you can get to actually practicing law. I mean, it sounds like what you're describing is min maxing as an <laughs> as a way of like figuring out who's got legal aptitude is like, who is good at min maxing on spreadsheets for World of Warcraft or something, right? Like, I, well, I'm thinking that similar logic games, in certain ways. Yeah. Well, I, it wasn't what I was going for though, <laughs> which is that your ability to turn a word into a a concept that you can move around in your brain is, I think, a very difficult thing to test for, and I think logic games is the closest thing you can do to that. It's not 100% of what lawyers do, but it's a skill that lawyers have. I understand that the saying, better yeah. you are at that, the better you are at reasoning. Do you uh, think I that... don't really have that strong of feelings about logic games and whether they were good at testing that, but I don't know. I can see the logic there. Do you think uh-huh. that the use of logic games as a gatekeeping mechanism for people getting into lawyers is why we have such a high preponderance of antisocial, dysfunctional lawyers? No, I, I think we have too... I don't think we have enough antisocial lawyers well honestly. So i'm the bubble burster on that because i think certainly on this podcast i'm probably the most antisocial and dysfunctional of us and i didn't do very well on logic games so that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't hold so maybe maybe that you don't that's not gatekeeping and i'm way. sitting over here and i honestly it's i think it's been 20 years since i took the lsat like i could not tell you anything about anything about that except for uh interesting little tie-in from earlier i took the lsat at ball state uh and uh, sure. uh, yeah uh, but it was 2003. It was 20 years ago when I took the LSAT. I don't know. It, 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 it's yeah. not as long for you guys. But like, I have no idea how you remember any of this stuff. Well, I don't remember the order. Remember stuff birds, that birds in the forest. No, it was a classic. Oh. A classic one. Anyway, no, I, I loosely, I loosely remember the room in which I sat yeah. to take the LSAT. But like, <laughs> oh, I got nothing. 
No, I don't remember. I mean, I don't remember. The only thing I remember is stuff that has nothing to do with the test. Like, for instance, you know the rules they go through where you know you, you will you cannot get up until the, the it is done. If you get up, you forfeit your attempt at the exam. Oh yeah, oh, you know, yeah. all that stuff, all your stuff in a Ziploc bag, whatever. About ten minutes in, the guy behind me gets up, gets on the floor, and starts doing push-ups to to get like a putt or something. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing happens to him. He goes back to uh, doing his test. Yeah. Then he gets up and he leaves the building, goes out into a courtyard that we can all see from where we're testing and uh-huh. does sit-ups on a park bench, on a, on a, on a park bench, I'm sorry, like a, a picnic table out in the in the area there. Proctor sees none of this. The guy finished the test. Nothing ever happened to him. I'm sure wow. I, I'm pretty certain based on the grunts and, and screams he was doing as he was attempting to take the test, he didn't ace it. But okay. <laughs> he was allowed to finish. I mean, unless maybe the, I, I don't understand that the proctors just flag the exam as like, it doesn't matter what you do now. You oh, know, yeah. Maybe. I maybe do know they, they do that. Them. Oh, OK. Well, then maybe that's I the do answer. know they they flag people and just let them know afterwards that they that they were busted Oh, okay. um, so that they don't disrupt everybody else taking the test. Oh, all right. Well, um, then that's maybe what happened. But I've been telling that story forever of just the insanity of him. Like, I, I can still see him crystal clear. He's wearing a bright red shirt. He's out in the like incredibly bright sun just outside this little conference room we're all sitting in. It's a whole wall of windows. And he's doing jumping. Oh, my gosh. Out there that's funny. With a pencil behind his ear that he will come back in and continue taking his exam. With. Uh, have it. I mentioned my bar exam story of in, no. Flo- in Florida? This was the 2014 bar exam. Uh, somebody. Uh, Somebody started screaming about how they can't do this to us or something like that. The thing is, I couldn't hear it because that auditorium had about a, like a thousand, two thousand students in it. And I, right. it was like a quarter of the room away from me. And it was still too far away from me to make out anything that she was saying. <laughs> Y'all wow. were probably um, allowed to use computers at that point, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. I think God. I might have been one of the very last uh, classes that had to do the bar exam in all blue books. So yeah. I, I had to do the, um, uh, not the MBE. Is it the MBE? Yeah, the MBE was in blue book, but then you could do the essay section for New Jersey at home later. Like it had what? to be submitted at the end of that day. Yeah. Wow. It was open it was book. Exam four. <laughs> yeah, it was open book. It was exam four. Yeah. Um, I remember. So we took the, I think I've told this story. We took the, we, it was the year that the democratic national convention was in Philadelphia. And so ordinarily the P- Pennsylvania bar exam would be in Philly, but the convention center was taken up. So we booked a uh, B- an Airbnb for where it was going to be um, in York, which is like, I don't know, four hours out outside of Philly. Like it's a long way out in Western Pennsylvania. And our plan was we're going to go there, do two days of that. And then we'd have to drive back and go to, if the ne- on the third day to Atlantic City, New Jersey to I don't know why I said New Jersey as though you don't know where that is to Atlantic City to take the New Jersey bar. Um, our Airbnb fell through. So we had to drive um, the morning of both of those two days from New Jersey to pennsylvania to take the bar like four and a half hours or something and then drive back and then on the third day drive back and go directly to atlantic city to the convention center to take the new jersey bar which was (laughs) that's a lot enjoyable yeah talk about a gauntlet man that's terrible yeah but everybody passed so logic games are dropped from the lsat jake (laughs) thinks that jake thinks that's a tragedy I kind of just don't yeah, care that, that's because what I said. I've I've blacked it all out. <laughs> I don't remember much of anything of it. I do remember sitting around in like the student union working on those practice LSAT books. This was before right. um, they, they might have come with CD-ROMs uh, at that point, oh. and uh, you would use those to do like little mini tests. But uh, like I don't remember anything about the actual exam itself. It was it's so long it, ago. So it change it. it. Don't change it. I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't really care. It is in it is 
there have been a lot of changes to law school like philosophy that were kind of percolating when I went. Yeah, uh, you know, LSAT being oh, yeah. less important, L- LSAT non-mandatory, LSAT changing, right? Um, not participating in the U.S. U.S. News World Rankings, yeah, which yeah, was big. everything. Yeah, uh, when I went, just like a lot of like kind of uh, a lot of the things that had solidified or calcified, where this is the way it's done. You do the LSAT. The LSAT consists of this. It's uh. You, the school only cares about juicing the numbers for the U.S. news ratings. Yeah. And it's like, that's the, that was the way that it was. I'm not going to, I don't really don't have a strong opinion on whether it's better or worse having I don't, that moving away from it. I don't mourn the loss of any of that crap. Yeah. The de, the no. decalcification of, you know, all of these processes and like the fact that, oh, I remember you had to like buy a special edition of US News and World Report to get those rankings back then. <laughs> uh, and uh, like they had them broken down in, uh, in like a hierarchical form. Like here's school that's ranked number 17 and it has this median GPA yeah. and this median LSAT. And like yeah. the, all of that can just die. Uh, a swift death and go away. And like the fact that we're moving away from something that was very entrenched like that uh, is great. I think lawyers need to get very good at moving away from things that are entrenched, like comes now the plaintiff by counsel and yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada, oh, like, yeah. all stupid crap like that. We need to get rid of it all. <laughs> to, to your point on that, the, the reason why I have, you know, I obviously have personal animosity against the LG section and I'm glad it's gone. But in addition to that, when I read the reasoning for it, it made perfect sense. And it's sort of um, a, a show of privilege that I never had to consider it. It's apparently very difficult to put to make an LG section that um, enables the same potential for blind uh, uh, test takers oh. as sighted test takers. Like, That's true. You can make it, you know, technically doable, but the idea of like diagramming and all of that uh, apparently is is it's almost yeah. impossible to make it actually on par. Where like yeah. you know a blind person would come or a, a, an unsighted person would come away saying, "Oh, that was exactly as easy as as it would." Be. You know, I don't imagine I was at a handicap yeah, no. at all. Sure. And so once I read that, I went, oh, of course, right? All yeah, the other sections are much more doable. Yeah. It's not ex- accessible at all, really. Yeah. All right. I'm so okay we don't mourn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, mo- we don't- not, not mourning. It's, okay. it's a, I reflect on it as a passage of time yeah. uh, as, from a historical perspective, as a history guy that I am. <laughs> uh, it's an interesting historical move. Yeah, exactly. It'll be a weird little era where it, it does seem as though there were a lot of things that were, I mean, and this, I'm not saying this as a negative. There were a lot of things that were entrenched for, uh, from my perspective, I'm sure it's not true for older attorneys. They would say it's not the case, but from my perspective, these things were just as, as I think Jake, you said how it is, right? It's yeah. always been this way. It has never changed. It's all the same. Like you might change how you take the LSAT, like you need yeah. to take it in person or on a computer or whatever, but the test is exactly the same. The bar is exactly the same, right? There's a next gen bar. We talked about it, I don't know, three or four episodes ago coming out yeah. that I don't think any states have signed on for yet. Yeah. In fact, Florida, I believe, reject like strongly indicated that it was going to reject the new bar. Boo. I think because it had, yeah, it had some overtone, like it, it got politicized, right? It turned, no, it, turned, no, it wasn't political. It was oh, really? like, it was like, actually, this is not like it wasn't based on any like, politi- it, well, it's all everything is always political. Right. But it Especially wasn't like, a, you know, I div- a this is diversity, diversity equity, inclusion, blah, blah, right. blah. And it wasn't anything like that as far as I know. OK. It was just that like y'all haven't proved that this is better in any way. Mm. Right. Um, yeah. 
So I think that was that was kind of the takeaway. Yeah, but I haven't we that. proved that the bar exam is bad? Like, forget about whether the new one is good. Let's don't we all understand that the old bar exam is bad? Like, forget forget whether it's actually an effective gatekeeper for keeping people who shouldn't be in the profession out of the profession. I I think it's pretty well acknowledged by people who have actually done empirical studies on it that it disadvantages people of lower economic classes and uh, uh, different kind of normative learning, uh, I don't know, styles. So we can we can shove the whole bar exam as far as I'm concerned. If you can make it through three years at an accredited law school and pass the thing, then like let's just all be Wisconsin. And if you pass, if you graduate from law school, you're in. And some other states just added a thing where you can have you can be barred through apprenticeship. I don't remember where that was. Either they oh, actually the, got passed or they're going to. You've always been able to do that in California, right? Oh, yeah. maybe that's what um, I read. That's what, I uh, what that's what Kim, Kim Kardashian, Kardashian was is doing, doing at that. one point. Yeah. I don't oh, know, but it's hard. Is. It's not. It's not easy. Like it is hard. Uh, I think yeah. Delaware has like a hybrid thing, right? I think you have to pass the. You can't sit for the bar until you've like worked under a Delaware attorney for some amount of time. Because I quite brief that there's it's cl- a close enough state, and obviously a lot of corporations, you know, a lot of entities are formed in Delaware. That I like looked into it. I think at some point to see if I wanted to get barred there, and it was something like you had to work under a Delaware barred attorney for like a year before you could sit for the bar i think or something it was like a combination of the whole thing which is uh yeah, well, wisconsin wisconsin has the non-bar admission if you go to yeah the university of wisconsin i think you can uh, go to mark i think you can go to marquette too oh, okay it's like a, is marquette state college no state but it, it's a, it's a private college in milwaukee uh okay it's but, just like you got to be in a established law school in the state and then you get the diploma privilege yeah, I assume um, it's just like protectionist homerism, but whatever. I wonder if you have we to We never take... do that in Florida. No, nobody no. does that anywhere. <laughs> there are definitely... Oh. Well, I'm going to restrain myself here. I almost Donald Trumped for a second. <laughs> there, there Whoa, good people you, on... you almost attacked a law clerk? What? Uh, what <laughs> no. Uh, almost no. stormed out? Which, which part of Donald Trump are you feeling that you might do right now? Well, now we... I don't want to say. Oh, okay. I was going to start a beauty <laughs> a family podcast. Yeah, oh, Ooh, no. that's a good idea, Jake. Start a beauty pageant. Yeah, all those yeah. gentlemen are, are above board, fine <laughs> individuals. There's nothing wrong with those people. I wonder if you. I, I want to uh, say. I wonder if you um, have to take specific curriculum uh, in the Wisconsin schools. Yeah. In order, like, do you need to take something that is the yeah. equivalent of like a bar prep type thing? Well, and like pass the one L year is like so tracks the equivalent of a bar prep right it's like you do one sure. l and then for bra prep you relearn all the one l stuff you learn right um except for, with I maybe state specific stuff yeah personally so i went to a state school i went to rutgers and personally i probably learned more in the bar prep for torts than i did in torts itself and the same is more or less true of like civ pro and everything there was no state specific stuff which yeah. i mean i imagine you can get rid of that when you but the other thing is like you're in wisconsin so it's not the same as being. In Are there Jersey. even any laws there? Yeah, I mean, right. It's just. <laughs> I say this. I love Wisconsin. I finished high school in Wisconsin. It's a great place. I love Wisconsin. Uh, so UW. Some of my cur- best friends are from Wisconsin. <laughs> oh my! There gosh. are good Wisconsinites on both sides. That is that is literally true. Some of my <laughs> some of my good friends are from Wisconsin. They happen uh, to be from Wisconsin. Oh my say, gosh! Right? <laughs> yeah, you're the worst. This yeah. is why it's hard. This is why it's hard to love you. Mm. Uh, I didn't do the voice. This is why it's hard to love you. 
<laughs> I don't know uh, what that's referencing. I don't know what oh, it is. <laughs> it's Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. Come on. Uh, oh. Apparently, okay. it's not a very good one. Uh, so UW curriculum, first semester is contracts, criminal law, criminal procedure, uh, civil procedure, legal writing. That is exactly Sounds my familiar. first year. That's exactly my first year. Uh, second semester is property, torts, con law, and legal writing. Like, okay. Sounds great. familiar. All the no same crim stuff. pro at Rutgers, but otherwise the same. Yeah, no, yeah. no crim pro for me until that's true. Until like third year on purpose. I never took crim pro because I didn't need it because I knew for sure I wasn't going to be a criminal lawyer. And then 2L and 3L, you get to explore the curriculum and take whatever the heck you want. Uh, so it is basically like any other law school. Right. I think yeah. I think I had to take a certain uh species of class in 2L year like you had to either take trust in estates or family law or something like that but like it was on rails first year second year third year and it seems like that's in Wisconsin too so it's not that specialized I'd be really interested in talking to somebody who's practiced in both Wisconsin and a state where they have the bar exam or where the bar exam is mandatory to see what the quality difference is and if there's no quality difference, then that kind of proves that the bar exam isn't really necessary and that, or at least it can be substituted with diploma privilege yeah. of yeah. Spe- a stratif- a specific stratification of law schools. Yeah. I would imagine um, the difference is, is negligible because just imagine your own law school. Yeah. Imagine the people in your class that did well, like not just great, but like take the top 50%. Did yeah. any of them, to your knowledge, fail the bar exam? Not for me. No. Yes. The people who failed were about the people who I thought probably would fail. Oh, really? There was somebody who who failed a failed a bar exam who was t- I I think they were top half. They were they seemed smart. Uh, they were just bad test takers. Like, yeah, I can see that. You know, which is why which is why it's stupid to have the bar exam as a gatekeeper. If somebody can survive three years yeah. of law school and demonstrate sufficient aptitude mm-hmm. and intelligence to do it, like I'm. I'm pro diploma privilege as long as we're gatekeeping the quality of the instruction. Yeah, I agree. So we've talked about intelligence. Now let's talk about artificial intelligence. Okay. Yeah, as a segue. What a segue. Right? A plus plus. Hold good on. Job. Is yeah. it going to be weird if I clap into the microphone? No, that's good. I mean, it's not any weirder than that voice you did before. So yeah, okay. That's fine. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm in a weird mood tonight. I think Jake shared this. It's interesting. This uh, article about data poisoning tools for uh, yeah. AI uh, ingesting like large language models and image generating uh, generative AI ingesting other people's images and the ability to like poison the metaphorical well uh, with your own images so that when an AI eats it up, it yeah. screws it up, screws up the whole model. Yeah, it like it inserts bad data that messes with the model into your works. Uh, which is, I think, great. So, but, I mean, like, great is the wrong word. I, it just, like, opens up another... Yeah, go ahead, Jason. So, what I want to make sure that I understand here is this is not poisoning the entirety of the generative AI pool. This is poisoning a specific thing where, like, let's say I have a... What's the, like, um, website where you can get funky art by commissions? Deviant something? Is it Deviant? Deviant art? Deviant art? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Let's say I have a bunch of stuff out there that I've done and uh, I want to make sure that that's not getting ingested into that. So I put up on my storefront, what, like five or 10 uh, of these poison pill images that then prevent my stuff from being misappropriated. Is that what's going on here? Or are we we poisoning the entire well? 
the entire well, at least potentially for the prompts that would generate things that the AI learned from your image. So let's say you mm. had a, a, a um, uh, art generate, like a, a cartoon of a dog, right? That you drew or something. Yeah. Let's make and it less we, weird. Let's not call it a deviant art. Let's call it Etsy. Let's say I've got an Etsy, Etsy storefront. Okay, that sounds you have much an Etsy nicer. Storefront and you have some art on there, and it's of uh, something uh, like an animal, something simple like that, like a dog, right? And AI ingests it, and uh, the the model uh, flags it or or tags it rather as a dog. This is a picture of a dog. It is learning more about what dogs look like based on this is intended to be an image of a dog. Um, what it ingests uh, and gets tagged as dog includes your poison pill. And thus, it is at least possible that in future requests where a prompt is submitted for the term dog, it will spit out a picture of a cat or something else because you have screwed up the AI's ability to know what dog is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sort yeah. of. Yeah. The, I just put a, uh, I just put like a explanatory image in the, in our document, which is in this article, which is a uh, MIT technology review article yeah. that I pulled this from. But it's like basically there's a, an image which is tagged at like a norm a house which uh, uh, which is tagged as fantasy art would be yeah. this is a normal one sure. uh, would produce like this like a house that looks like a fantasy like it looks right but the poison model takes information that is that is tagged as fantasy art makes it think that it looks some, like something completely different hmm. non recognizable uh, or yeah entirely different right yeah. So like, uh, yeah, so like it has a bunch of, it shows like a it could poison what uh, it thinks is a dragon so that it looks, it actually looks like a bunch of pebbles and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so I honestly, I'm not smart enough to know exactly how it works, but. I have to uh, imagine though that basically this is just returning serve from AI because I would imagine yeah. what we're going to see here is OpenAI or uh, whatever other tools are are out there doing this, what they're going to do is basically take the data set that they already have here and parse, is this at least 80% compliant with what I would expect from uh, an output of this? And uh, you know, looking at this uh, example here, it looks like a picture of a house that Hansel and Gretel would stay out in an animated book that I'm reading to my children. And at the bottom, it looks like I don't know, an abstract Picasso painting of like maybe a landscape that's blue and green and orange. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And like, uh, if I just learned to disregard the meta text that you're putting in there to poison this, like, great, then AI has returned that volley yet again. And I suspect that this is the way that it's going to be where open a generative AI uh, ingests everybody's stuff Everybody whose stuff got ingested gets ticked off about it. Uh, and so they fire back with these poison pills and we just train the generative AI to disregard these poison pills. So you get smarter poison pills and it's going to be like uh, white hat and black hat hackers going back and forth all the time of like, oh, we put up a new defense mechanism so that you can't hack this. Mm -hmm. Ha ha, we figured out your new defense mechanism. We're going to beat that. And yeah. it's just like back and forth trump carding. I, I'm interested in the prospect that like open ai and facebook or whatever that facebook's ai thing is called and twitter's ai thing like they learn where each where the competing models are getting their data and then they intentionally 
put a bunch of poison mm. data into those places. Oh, and they just yeah. know not to train yeah. their own play, their own people in those places, their yeah. own model in those places. We're sabotaging data sets now. That's yeah, the new sabotaging the opponent's data sets, not just as like an activist thing for the artist, but like as a corporate corporate sabotage. Uh, it is so like uh, these models are going to be hard enough to get make better as it is because the last five percent, the last ten percent to plausibility yeah. is always going to be the hardest. Yeah. And so having to deal with this back and forth is going to be really interesting. I will say you y'all have seen me. I've been keeping y'all updated against your will. Uh, <laughs> I've been having a lot of fun with AI image generation, uh, like useful fun and creating flyers for events for my bar association. Mm. Um, and Dolly three is like super good. I'm getting better at prompts. Getting better at prompts really makes it a lot better. It's like, oh, this is like, Basically, exactly what I wanted. Uh, yeah, you can zero in to where you don't need any eye. editing. Yeah, once you get um, the prompt down. But to to that to what you're saying. So so Jason's point was that um, the AI is going to get smart enough to disregard things, right? And so it's not going to ingest the bad data. Basically, I my question about that, and and just it's not really a question directly for either of you, but like just to, to the ether is I don't know to what extent these the the managers of these AI large language models are able to put those kind of controls in place. If you believe yeah. them, they have already sort of insinuated that there's, they don't have a lot of control over what it ingests and how it learns. And they don't exactly know how it works either. I think a lot of that was nonsense to say that this thing is alive and to sort of generate the buzz they wanted at the start. But mm -hmm. I do think there is something to it. The reason for and the reason is this, you, if, if you notice, especially with open AI with chat GPT, any controls they want to try to put in place in terms of what it can generate in terms of like, um, hate speech or like uh, uh, you know, a recipe to make a bomb or something like that, they always put the control at the prompt level, where if you try to ask it to do something with the prompt that it recognizes yeah. as being problematic, it will say, I'm sorry, we can't advocate violence or whatever, right? Or I'm a large language model, I can't do that. And then you will notice there will always be somebody who will find the way to ask it a different way. And yeah. the and model will, will be able to say the thing that it's yeah. not supposed to be able to say. And mm -hmm. so what that seems to suggest is, it's perhaps maybe it's possible that OpenAI is just not interested in scrubbing that ability from the language model and instead is just controlling at the prompt level. But I wonder if that's the reality of the only way they can control it is like we just have to basically um, we can't unteach that thing in that back room how to make a bomb. All we can yeah. do is uh, stop people from asking it how to make a bomb. Right. Because and it's looking at. Yeah, it's looking at everything. Right. And so if that's uh, the case, they don't have they've, they've not considered how to put those controls in place. And it is already ingested those images and will yeah. continue to do so. And I don't see how you have prompt yeah. control for that. Oh, I, just, I, don't th I don't see how you could really say disregard the meta because like that itself, I think, takes a whole lot of work because we see this picture of a house and that says fantasy art. How does it know that it's fantasy art? Well, you could say. It looks like other fantasy art that they've that they've looked at, which is from a clean sample that they know to be clean. But then that then you're just looking at the same stuff over and over, right? Right. You're just you are looking at a defined reading of what what your thing considers fantasy art, and it's never going to be anything else. And then it's never learning, uh, which I think is contrary to how they want these things to operate. So yeah. that alone would be a huge sacrifice for these large language model companies to be like, we're only going to train it on the defined data sets because 
I, I don't think they're going to want to do that. No, they're going to keep uh, crawling the entire internet. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you have to look at the prompt. Well, um, basically what they're going to do is what Google's been doing for years, which is they're going to outsource the labor yeah. for uh, this sort of uh, parsing out the extraneous, uh, you know, one mm-hmm. of these things is not like the others using CAPTCHA. And, uh, yeah. hmm. you know, we're they're going to basically make us to do that to log into our stuff, making it pose as security or yeah. they'll find some other way or they'll, you know, make it make it so that you can get new Candy Crush tokens if you parse this stuff. Like before you log into your bank, is this an image of an elven woman smoking a vape pen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it is. OK, cool. Listen, you're a negative one hundred dollars in your account. <laughs> that, that's good. That's the future we've all dreamed of. <laughs> That may be the funniest thing that I've ever seen. <laughs> Congratulations. That was very oh, thank good. You. Very I good. Score one for Andrew. Thank you. Um, so on AI, sort of like related to it a little bit, I think this was also a Jake story. Uh, we, I looked it over. I don't know how much you want to talk about it. The proposed advisory opinion yeah. on lawyers and law firms' use of generative. The thing I thought was... So what this is, I should explain it better. The Florida Bar apparently has uh, the Board Review Committee on Professional Ethics is considering... Leading the way. A, adopting, yeah, a proposed advisory opinion consider adopting a proposed advisory opinion. I don't know how that works. Um, at the direction yeah. of the Florida Bar, blah, 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 about the, using AI with law firms. They're like a, they're a committee and the committee proposes it to the Florida Bar Board of Governors. So if the, gotcha. this thing will go to the Bar Board of Governors to consider whether or not it should be considered advisory and therefore all but binding on the Florida lawyers. Um, gotcha, okay. On the, and- yeah. It's meant to be rules uh, as to what how you can use AI as a as a practicing attorney, right? Yeah. Is that a good quick summary of what yeah. these? Okay. I think they're like I, how they it, how they should view it. Um, yeah. Is it more specific? Is it litigators in court filings, or is it just in general? I think it was in general, and also okay. very specific. Like it asks, like, should you be a, how you should be able to charge for their use of an AI, hmm. for example. Right. Number um, one is whether a lawyer is required to obtain a client's informed consent to use generative AI in the client's representation, which yeah. is interesting. As though your client is in a position necessarily to understand what they are yeah. consenting I to. Mean, like, how are you going to make that informed consent? Right. How do you even know what an AI is? Is it, That's all fake anyway, because like all right. these, a lot of things marketed as AI are fake. Uh, right. Also, so who, there's a huge difference between the case text AI which basically just does a legal research for you. It's a Boolean search for you yeah. versus uh, versus getting chat GPT to write your brief. Or like right. a Bing um, search. Do you have to tell your client, listen, I'm going to probably use uh, the new version of Bing yeah. a little bit. Uh, I need you yeah. to, you understand what that means? I need you to sign this document yeah. saying you understand it. And I, and I mentioned this in the Slack and our Slack that um, I was considering submitting a comment. I'm not going to. Uh, but like, I don't see why there should be an, an advisory opinion beyond like, this is just another tool. Um, you are responsible for everything that you give your client, regardless of whether it's made by AI to the same extent, you'd be responsible for something you write. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's, it's not the same as having an associate, but even if you have an associate, you're still responsible for the things the associate does. Right. It's just that the Florida, like the Florida bar, can't sanction a, a AI. Um, so I, right. I don't, I don't really think there needs to be all these explanations. It's just other beyond 
And I don't think there need to be any special rules about charging for it because it's no. like, look, what do you charge for? I would love an advisory opinion on what you charge for using a, um, for like running text recognition uh, in a way that right. takes like 30 minutes. Right. Like, yeah. what do you do when you are running text recognition on your computer and it takes 30 minutes and it's locking up your computer? Because it's taking it too much. Is that billable? I would <laughs> right. love to see. I would love to see them give an answer on that. Uh, but uh, well, what yeah. I wonder about this too is is there, I don't think any of us were we weren't practicing to know if this was true. But uh, were these sorts of advisory opinions like was all this hand wringing around for like when Lexus first came out with like head notes or shepherdizing? Where like yeah. right where yeah, there was some great. sort of like I well, don't right yeah hold, hold on listen uh, we got to figure out whether or not you could use it you, you have to uh, you know get conformed consent from your client as to what, look I'm I'm relying on some uh, some shepherdized uh, cases and I yeah. can't be totally certain uh, no you just Shepherd, that's on well, you wait I you know I wouldn't be that surprised if there was some some hindering about the shepherdizing thing because you used to have to go and look yourself right right um and. Well, like online shepherds, yeah, uh, yeah, because there was know. a physical version of shepherdizing yeah, first, right. right? I don't exactly know how right. that worked, but there was. I never, of... I never learned how it worked. I, no. You know, I know some people who are like just a little bit older than me had to learn how to physically shepherdize stuff. So shepherdizing um, is it's a it's a shepherd is a TM thing. It's for LexisNexis, and what it is right. is uh, if you have one case that you're looking at, you can basically run a search of any cases that treat that as uh, affirming the 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 uh, the the conclusion or. Uh, invalidating portions of it or whatever, yeah. red light, green light, you know if a case yeah. is still good law. Because right. yeah. cases are not necessarily good law, right? Like if, yeah. if you find a case from 1975 and you're just looking at it in a vacuum, you don't know if there's a case in 1985 that yeah. said, that guy was crazy, that that none of that's true, yeah. right? This is, when, this is what stops lawyers from citing Plessy v. Ferguson in support yeah. of their right. arguments. Yeah. Right. I Like I've run into like, you know, not, Shepherds doesn't touch everything. So right. uh, I had a case uh, in criminal court where um my client i took it over in the middle my client had testified at the grand jury uh as part of a plea agreement or as part of an agreement where they testified they got immunity as part of an, an immunity deal right and there was a signed immunity deal and she testified and then um and then the state went back on the deal for basically they got pissed at her for another reason and they went back on the deal and they were going to and I was like, no, she's immune. And there were there were cases. There's two kinds of immunity. There's transactional immunity, and then something else. Uh, but the basic gist of it, I don't remember the terms for it. But use immunity. Gist of it, use immunity. Yeah. So okay. So use immunity meaning we can't use that testimony against you. I think that's what use immunity is. And then transactional immunity me. means we can't charge you for the crimes associated with these statements. Uh, <clears throat> okay. And so it's, you know, speech versus you versus the crimes themselves. And they weren't trying to use her statements against her, but they were trying to charge her for something. And there was, um, and I had a kid, there was a case from 1985 that said that you send immunity attached in these cases. And I used that case. Turned out it was reversed a year later, but nothing was in Shepherds. And, no, and that case that reversed it uh, didn't cite that the case from the year earlier. Saying oh, that well, that's why it's that, not in Shepherds, yeah. Right, so it didn't cite the case. It was just that my case from 1985 existed, and then nobody cited it again ever. Whoops. And I was like, 
And, and I was like, well, this must mean that this is the seminal case, you know? Sure. I was Sounds like, good. you know, uh, right. and it turned out, no, it was the, it was that it was reversed a year later, uh, by statute. And nobody talked about that explicitly, uh, because there was a, the 1985 case was based on actually on a 1983 statute that was then changed gotcha. before the 1985 case was uh had actually right. come down so it was like you know anyway so stuff like no that happens sure and that's no different than some ai horror story right in terms of like yeah. if you wanted to hand ring hand ring about relying on shepherds there you go there's your, yeah. your situation right there look what happened to this poor client who had terrible representation or whatever yeah. right right but but the point is that uh like if uh let, let's say shepherds didn't exist i would be expected to go looking around for cases right, right? To see whether or not something had, and I did try to look around for cases actually, but you know, sometimes there just is, there's just not as much as you would like. Right. Um, and, but now it's just kind of accept, accepted that you can rely on shepherds. You can rely on Keysight. You right. can rely on those. Um, and, but I'm sure that when they first came out, it was like, you're letting somebody else do your work for you. You're you not even a lawyer client anymore. to agree to that. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody was, was talking, was saying that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. I, I mean, I don't, I don't see it in like, it doesn't come up. I don't, I don't see it referred to anywhere, but maybe that's just because that's pre internet and yeah. you yeah. wouldn't really, there's not going to be, you know, old news reports kicking around. I mean, it was way, way pre internet. If you're talking about shepherds in general, like, I don't, uh, God, they, 60s or 70s or something. I, I'm very interested to know when they came around. I bet it was before that. They sound like one of those. It, services that have probably existed since like the 1800s or something mm. all right shepherd citations i have real time pulled up the uh prior to the development of electronic citators like westlaw's key site during the 1990s shepherds was the only legal citation service that attempted to provide comprehensive coverage of u.s law it derives from a legal service begun by frank shepherd born in 1848 and died in 1900 in 1873 when shepherd that? began publishing these lists yeah. good job 1800s you got it hey Score one yeah. point for Jake. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, score one point for sh- speculating at time periods when legal developments <laughs> happen. Yeah. Um, so all that's to say, uh, you think that... You know, they probably didn't distinct... care in 1870. <laughs> they were like, you know, yeah. oh, cool. recovering from the Civil oh, War. Oh, thank God. Yeah, they're, yeah they were like, oh, my God. I sure well, am so glad Lee I don't have to take my horse down to the law up to from... <laughs> right. Up from Atlanta to the only law library in my in the in the South in yeah. Appomattox. I don't know. <laughs> Appomattox. Appomattox. I don't know. You got some That's real everything geogra- happened in 1873 at Appomattox. You got okay. some real geography pl- problems there, bud. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I mean, I I think probably what you're aiming at here is uh, the march of technology is going to rhyme with how it marched in the 90s and early 2000s, where like. Did we have the same kind of hand wringing here back in you know 2000 and 2005, let's say, uh, of like, uh, oh, can you really trust this online shepherdizing tool, right. or should you go back and use the actual book that's in the library because you know there's not a you know gremlin in the machine uh, of the mm-hmm. book that's going to be there trying to deceive you? Uh, right. Like, I I I think there's a pretty solid chance that it rhymes. Uh, especially once OpenAI and other sources like that start pointing themselves at Google Scholar and LexisNexis and Westlaw and like, uh, oh gosh, what was the 
early, early episodes, we were talking about the court listener or something like that. That was Mm -hmm. people were installing Mm -hmm. plugins in their browsers. Yeah. yeah, uh, The pacer stuff. Yeah. 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 So maybe they're just ingesting all of that now. Like, great. Like, there's no reason why all of that stuff should belong only to LexisNexis and Westlaw. And I would say case text, but they've been gobbled up by Westlaw. Yeah. I think Lexis. I don't remember which one bottom. I don't know. Fast case, fast case still seems to be independent. Like God bless them. Uh, yeah. So like, uh, yeah, I think we're going to see the same kind of thing and then it's going to become super normalized by what you, you want to handicap this. I'm guessing 2030. We'll think nothing of using AI to do oh, our legal research. That. Yeah. I mean, I think once it's, 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 I mean, I think the, for normal folks, once it's built into like every version of Microsoft word, um, generative AI, that's it. It's over. It'll just be, it's like autocorrect. It's just going to be a thing that's there and that's it. In terms of for legal research, yeah, maybe 2030. I can see that. It'll take a little longer. Sure. Sure. Lawyers be slow. Yeah. Uh, I, I, for legal research, uh, it may be the first, it's the first search you do, right? Yeah. Is the first search you do is always get, give me the legal, the, the, the memo written by, uh, written by this, this AI. But you yeah. you got to go deeper, I think, most of the time, at least to look behind the mask and actually look at the decisions. Um, if it's like the Bing, what what's in there in Bing, it'll have yeah. citations, and then I can go look at the actual thing written by the judges, and then it, and then easy peasy, and it's good. Uh, Jake, your mindset is stuck in twenty twenty five. Yeah, you got to think. You're small minded. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Keeps coming back around. Keeps coming back. Keeps yeah. coming back. For, for the listener, Jason called me small minded. I don't uh, even remember recently. the context of it. I think we chat. were talking about cons- yeah. <laughs> Was it AI? I think we were talking about it. Was it. AI. We were talking about AI. And I was <laughs> like, I I think it was I this basically... exact topic, actually, right? Yes. Exactly the point well, in this conversation. It was the... tongue in cheek. Yeah. Mm. And Jake. My knew point it. be we we are actually in agreement. My point where my position is that there is way too much money going into generative AI and that generative AI doesn't actually have that much of a use case. Yeah. Like, I agree. Using AI, like really what we're talking about when we come to this generative AI for research is literally just, it's not even really the generation part. It's the location part that the AI stuff is really good at. It's like, if the, if you, I don't need a memo. You show me all those cases about this law, this, this port of law. We're done. And yeah. that is what I want. Yep. That's right. all. I don't need you to write the essay for me. No. Uh, how much? But okay, you want to put a whole, make a whole business and doing the writing for me. Sure. Um, Great. Uh, I'm not going to pay that much for it. Right. Like that's the thing. How many people are going to pay a lot for it? Um, no, I don't think the market is that big for mm. that kind of stuff. Anyway. I think you're underestimating the deep. You think pockets I'm small minded? I think <laughs> I think you're <laughs> underestimating the deep pockets of big law that will shell out mega bucks for a tool that is. Uh, Let's say accessory at best. I was going to say, why, tool. why would Big Law ever put a ton of money into reducing their billable hours? Oh, no. They're still going to bill for it as though an associate <laughs> did it. It's, val- it's value-based billing, Jake. Oh, okay. They'll fire associates. They'll like make they, you do more yeah. work. 
they'll go, oh, great. This does most of the work for you. So now you can do what we used to think would take 30 hours in one day. So, you know, get to work. This episode's been great. We've talked about mm. D&D. We've talked mm. about AI. We've talked about hating big law. Let's round it Everything. out here. We've got a follow-up talk topic about yeah. Twitter here. Uh, so um, now we can just like hit every major cornerstone of this all, podcast. All the things we hate. In one yeah. Podcast. That's right. Not d and No, I don't hate no, I, I don't hate AI either. No. Um, yeah. yeah, so the Twitter story is Elon Musk is an idiot. He's going to charge a dollar a year for new users on X. I'm sorry, not Twitter, on X. Uh, he's calling <laughs> it the like not a bot charge or something because he can't decide if Twitter is full of bots or he's going to cite how many millions of active users as proof that Twitter is doing better than ever. He doesn't seem to be able to sort out like literally day to day whether he's counting bots in his number or he, there's too many bots on Twitter and he needs to implement something like this. So one dollar a year for all new users, I think he's going to roll out in the next. Yeah, they're testing it in like New Zealand or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't really feel like the place to test it. I'm pretty sure the place to test it would be Russia. But what do uh, I know? <laughs> they're mm. testing it in New Zealand and the Philippines. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's Stupid. not worth a dollar. No. <laughs> I, I don't like, I don't think no. people. The, the number of people who are not going to sign up because they just have to put in inf- payment information is insane. That's like what I was just for... going to say. It's not the dollar. It's the payment information. I don't yeah. want to put my credit card or anything else yeah. tied to my Twitter account. Well, And, and just... for Twitter, it's also, we want your payment information. Yeah. Is, but We're the everything Also, app. so that we can charge you for voice calls or something. Because they just rolled out you know, calls for some reason, which right. are on by default on iOS app. I don't have the app installed on my phone, so I don't Pass. care about that. It's a big really? pass. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, seems extremely stupid. Well, for a business, if it, they're going to try to run it like it has been as a mass market business, whose entire idea is that you get your people, you get as many people on there as possible, which seems like the only way that Twitter would survive. Uh, that's very, very not smart. One of my favorite pieces of feedback that I've seen about this is just wait until Elon Musk learns about credit card processing fees. Uh, (laughs) Because I think if you have a $1 transaction, I don't think they're going to settle for just having the little 3% uh, no. haircut that the yeah, no. credit card company takes. It's going to be, be like 30, 30 cents or something. Yeah, yeah, it'll be in that range where they charge you like 20 cents plus 3% or something like that. And like, cool, go for it, Elon. I know you're not counting on this as a profit center, but like, yeah. Just and something like even just the additional processing required to to have another page that is a payment page and have a checkout page, like the strain on the servers for all those people signing up will absolutely cost more than the 60 cents profit. No, not profit, right? The 60 cents that's left after the credit card processors take their fee. Yep. But yeah, stupid. Okay. Mm. So uh, we can uh, quickly do our sports stuff. You guys going to watch the world series? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it goes seven games. I I hope, I hope it goes seven games. I hope every game is close. Uh, I hope it's really, really exciting because this is like, this is like what's magical. This is like the MLB version of watching the Little League World Series. Like these are professionals; these are good baseball players, but they're not a lot of baseball players that people pay a lot of attention to. That yeah. a lot of people pay a lot of attention to. The people who are Rangers fans, good for them. The people who are yeah. Diamondbacks fans, I don't know who you are, but like, good for you. I and mean, we're going to see offending them. We're no. going to see some names that people can get excited about, like 
good for sure, Evan sure. Longoria, like the the sunset of his career, being able to appear in the World Series, like good on you. Right. Uh, and there are some exci- you've got uh, Max Scherzer who's going to mm-hmm. be playing, like uh, some exciting stories as far as that's concerned. So it, I think it'll be good, wholesome, not glitzy baseball, and I'm I, I like that. I think that was kind of settled. I mean, I guess you could argue the Astros have become, I wouldn't say glitzy. They're hated oh, yeah. for sure. Oh, they're huge, though. That? They're the whole they're reason huge. I watched the <laughs> the championship series. Oh, really? Just to was see them to lose? make sure they, they went down, to yeah, make sure yeah. that the <laughs> that they got taken out isn't this yeah. like, by the Rangers. Isn't this like the first time in three years or four years that they're not in the World Series? I that's not right. that's not right, but it's, it's neither a, they nor the Dodgers were not oh, in yeah, the World Series right. in like six years. Yeah, yeah, and, and like um, great. Let's bring in. Let's shift away from big dynastic teams from yeah. you know the late teens and early twenties, uh, and uh, let's see some new teams play baseball. And like, let's give Phoenix a reason to get excited. Dallas, yeah. God knows, Dallas needs a reason to get excited because the Cowboys are boring but they're good the rangers dallas are okay the cowboys are doing okay they're not doing great they, they've been they're on the downside they've been okay so far but the implosion is coming <laughs> sorry dad I, you're not listening but sorry dad <laughs> the, uh, the the interesting thing about the rangers was when scherzer made the trade from the mets to the rangers earlier in the year the big thing was that he didn't want to be on a team that wasn't going to be competitive he wanted to go somewhere you know it's the end of his career he wants to win yeah. he wants to win the world series and all the sport sports writer op-eds that were, were talking about it at the time were like, so you went to the Texas Rangers? And the same thing with DeGrom <laughs> when he signed what, last year or whatever with the Rangers. What are you what are you talking? Like you want you want to win a world you want to win a world championship. Why would you right. go to Texas? Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna go to Texas, you go to Houston, right? You're not going to the Texas no. Rangers. They knew something. No. I mean, it's funny because both the Diamondbacks and the Rangers didn't have that great a regular season. Like they we're not the Diamondbacks, no. especially. I think they lost like seventy-four games or something. I for, I forget. They lost over seventy games. They were last place in among the teams that in the NL that made it to the uh, postseason. They had yeah. the worst record of that of that you know that group, whatever that's five teams or whatever. But yeah. I mean, that's been the case for a while. Like once the Braves were out and the Dodgers were out, you were mm-hmm. looking at uh, kind of an oddball World Series and the like, Orioles. And the Orioles, yeah, you're right, yeah, and the Orioles. But I mean, like, if the Phillies had continued on instead of the Diamondbacks, that's equally strange. They didn't have a great season, right? Right. It's really only the Astros I, that is sort of a surprise. I, I I do have to root for the Diamondbacks. I hate the Rangers. That's it's been so weird okay. for me rooting for the Rangers. Really, as an A's <laughs> fan, because uh, as an A's fan, I had I kind of like the Mariners, even though they're they were a rival, right? Um, because like they they just are so they're I loved Ichiro and uh, and they were just like uh, kind Growing of up they had Griffey and A Rod so they had A Rod before A Rod they was, had A Rod uh, when a people didn't realize that he was terrible yeah um yeah and I and uh, they had that one year where they won like 118 games and then didn't make it to the World Series 2001 um, and uh, you know they just like are one of those teams that can never seem to get it together and I love that for them. Um, but I hated the angels and I hated the Rangers. Uh, so I still have like, I love the Rangers when they were playing the Astros and now I hate them again. You know, Um, there's not a lot to get excited about on the Rangers roster, but there are a couple of good things. Like, uh, Nathan Navaldi has had a great season. Uh, he's been great. 
Scherzer. It's like twilight of his career. Uh, you have some other like Corey Seager. Like he's kind yep. of the, really aside from uh, Aroldis Chapman and Max Scherzer. Like he's the star power on uh, uh, that roster. And Adolis Garcia had just a monster Phenomenal. of an ALCS. And like yeah. I, I, I hope he's that able was... to keep that up. And there are some exciting players to watch on the uh, on the Diamondbacks too, like uh, Gabby Moreno. Like he's a pretty solid watch there the whole time. Uh, and, and so, and, and they've got both teams have good rookie stories. Uh, they've got Josh Young on the uh, Rangers, and uh, what's the fellow's name? The young guy for uh, CC or is in his initials? I can't remember his last name on the Diamondbacks. CC. Oh, yeah. Corbin, Car- Corbin Carroll. Yeah, there you go. That's the fella. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, good rookie stories on both teams. Uh, good old guy stories on both teams. Like, it, it's set up to. There are good narratives to make here. There's an interesting political story about the Diamondbacks because they're the next up for baseball owners squeezing their communities to get stadium money mm. after the A's oh. and the Rays. Because the Rays, the Rays are are looking set. Uh, St. Pete, Tampa are going to give them like a billion dollars. So, you know, they're (laughs) like, thank you. Uh, Thank you very much. We will stay and take your billion dollars. But Arizona, I believe they had a referendum that stopped any public money from going to the stadium. Or that's coming up. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Vax referendum. Well, I mean, Money. they've been a losing team. Uh, th- so they, along with the the Rays, came up came about in the expansion in '98, and they've clearly got the worst end of the, end of the stick in terms of um, being competitive for all these years. So, I yeah, I can kind of see that Arizona is not particularly interested in in paying to have their uh, their stadium renovated yeah. or rebuilt or whatever. I think they won a World Series in 2001, and that's their only that's the only World Series win ever between either of these two teams. So that's fun too. And I thought you were the, joking. Yeah, they beat the Yankees in 01. They yeah. beat the Yankees in game seven against Mariano Rivera. Yeah. Which is I, I remember what God, there was a there's I remember that very well. That was a great moment for me. <laughs> as as a certified Yankee hater. Yeah. Uh, that was a great moment. It's two thousand one. Uh, New York is supposed to win the World Series, though. I don't understand how that's gonna <laughs> Is that a there's like a single uh, am I confusing it with the Marlins? Um no, I, there's like a big, tall white guy that had like one of those uh, at Randy bat Johnson? stances where he just like oh. uh, moved, where he was just like moving a lot before, yeah. and then he just like hit a like blooper up the middle to win that World Series. I remember that pretty well. Mm. His name yeah, was like O'Brien uh, or something. I don't remember. Yeah, or Lee. I thought Lee? something Lee or something. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yes, that is uh, the, the weird stance. There was the '90s had some weird stances. You had people who faced the pitcher holding the bat straight over their head like it was a sword and they were going to run at the pitcher. Yeah. Right? Like they had an op- yeah. Yeah. They had some really strange uh, thoughts about what was a good, uh, what was a good. Bat some people that looked like they were sandwiches bent in half, like yeah. just like clams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the I, I zone, like, that looks so uncomfortable, man. Like why are yeah. you bent over like that? I think the strike zone was at least ostensibly supposed to be at that point shoulders and knees or something. Yeah. So the thought was, if you compress yourself enough, you have a small enough strike zone. Uh, you know, it's hard to strike you out. It's probably hard to hit the ball too. But you know, yeah, yeah. knees and letters, squatting. I think, right? Knees and knees letters. And letters. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Doesn't matter. So 
that's that's going to be my recommendation is watch the World Series. Enjoy the good uh, the good World Series storytelling that's going to come out here, even if it has to come from what's his face, Joe Buck. Oh God, Joe Buck! Ig- oh, ignore okay. Joe Buck. Ignore Joe Buck. Listen, listen to John Smoltz. Underrated. Yeah. Listen Who? to John Smoltz. Yes. Is that John what you said? Oh. Yeah. John Smoltz Man. is awesome. God. Found the Braves fan. John, I have John, to tell you, the, the rest of America disagrees. Uh, <laughs> about John Smoltz being good. Yeah. 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 No, nobody. Nobody. No. Like that. I'm a Braves fan. I don't yeah. want to listen to him. <laughs> no. I, I'm not. A, or I wouldn't call myself a Braves fan. I like the Braves. I right. grew up watching John Smoltz and and Gla- you know all Maddox those Braves pitchers, Maddox and Glavin and uh, Millwood. Right. Uh, n- no, I'm done listening to John yeah. Smoltz. I'm good Hater. with Smoltz. Hater. Uh, yeah, but you, like, oh, yeah. but you like Joe Buck? Ugh. That, yeah, I don't he's underrated. That. That's that's mm. my feeling. I. No. Yeah, he's underappreciated. Um, oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a bold. St- I, I don't. Okay. That's a bold one to go out on. But okay. So my recommendation is also yeah, uh, World Series. I think will be good. Additionally, uh, Gaslight Anthem, good band. They haven't had an album in ten <laughs> years. There's a new album coming out tomorrow uh, or probably today. If you're listening to this, not at eleven o'clock at night on a Thursday, and instead on a Friday. It's a good band. Their singles so far are good. I think it'll be a good album. Are they ska? Uh, kind of like Jersey Shore stuff. Oh. So it's like a little mix of that, a little mix of like jazz stuff, a little mix of rock, alt, a whole bunch of different things. Oh, okay. Interesting. One of their singles features Bruce, Spring- Bruce Springsteen, as you have to, if you're oh. coming out of New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. I think they call it Springsteen oh, great. Punk is what that, the, the, the genre is called. Springsteen Punk is the name yeah. of the genre? Yeah. It's like a This loosely... is like the, like, I don't know if you realize how Jersey all this sounds. <laughs> like, very this Jersey. Like Jersey. Yeah, yeah, I can very imagine Jersey. it's very Jersey. Yeah. It's a good band. Good album. I think it'll be good. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't have any rec- I Do I have a recommendation? I'm there's dying. There's a game coming out in like two hours or something? There's a game coming out in two hours called Alan Wake 2. I don't recommend Alan Wake 1 because it's it's kind of a slog. I recommend watching a video of what happened in Alan Wake 1. The events of Alan Wake 1 are really cool. Uh, you don't have to. I, don't even, I can't even recommend Alan Wake 2 because I haven't played it. Um, I don't know. I can recommend Control. You're just game. pumped up. That's a good game. The previous, which was, is in the same universe and is one of the best. It's like an X Files, X Files crossed with superhero, crossed with uh, a a uh, government bureaucracy show. Um, yeah, this is this is the this is the the uh, development studio that made Max Payne, right? Yes, they are yeah, the Max Payne cool. people. I like those games; those are good. It, it's funny how I watched somebody play Max Payne recently. They're re- they're remaking Max Payne. But I watched somebody play it recently, and I played it when I was like twelve, or like a little older than that, whatever it was, fourteen, right? Um, when it first came out, I didn't Mm. realize just how silly it was. Uh, (laughs) where it's like you, you know, you're this detective, and and he's you know saying all this extremely cliche noir stuff, right? And then you come up on mafia guys, and they're like, "We're gonna whack this sucker." And it's like, <laughs> right. oh, okay. You know exactly what you're doing. Like, this is yeah. just very silly. You're not trying to play this serious at all. I um, still think about it once in a while. If I take like any sort of like candy or something, and I put it in my hands and I eat it, I take the pills to ease like the pain. The painkillers. <laughs> That's yeah. what he said. That's what he said. It's like the the line seemed cool when you're 12. I take the pills to ease the pain. Doesn't really doesn't resonate so well once you're you know even 16, <laughs> right? But it was pre pre opioid crisis. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Where we could just have uh You that. could just where you could just down four <laughs> bottles of pills and nobody would really think about it. Of painkillers. Right. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Adios. What, what was the prompt for this song? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Supreme Court Surf City. The world, the world USA. will never know. It's not awful. It's a pretty good outro, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Works no, for good. me. The best coast. Right. Have a good night. <laughs> we can stop now. <laughs>